There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. Book of the Week, what you should be reading. So our book of the week this week is Decoded by Mai Jia. Now, Mai Jia is described by the Financial Times as China's answer to John le Carre. Um, I think also if you read various reviews, um, he's described often in America as basically the Dan Brown of China. Um, I think everybody needs to find something to equate it with to, the, to their own country and, and uh, publishing industry. Writer and YouTube channel host and Chinese book club founder Antonina Grunska-Gordienis. Yes. <laughs> Please Hello, say it again if I said that wrong. Uh, it's almost the right uh, almost, version. It's, uh, but not quite. I'm very impressed, Annabelle. <laughs> Thank you. It's Antonina Grunska-Gordienis. Thank you very much for joining us on the show to review Decoded, a story of a mathematical genius recruited as a codebreaker by the secret services who begins to unravel. Um, I'm going to hold it up just for our Facebook yeah, Live thank you very much to see what the amazing minimal cover. So I, pr- I practiced something because I knew you were coming here. So you are Ukrainian, correct? Yes, I am. Okay. Don't, oh, don't laugh at me. Dobro horank. Oh my God, you're so good. You almost don't have an accent. Good morning. <laughs> good morning in Ukraine. Okay. <laughs> um, so before we get into the book, we need to talk about you. Also introducing my wonderful co-host uh, standing in for Isabel today, Man Jalal, who's a journalist and writer. Hello. Um, we're going to be talking about books in translation. So I think mm-hmm. this is one of your favorite topics it as well. It is indeed, yeah. So you speak Ukrainian, Russian, English and Mandarin. Yes, I am. <laughs> so you used to be a translator. Learned, sorry, and you're also learning... Arabic, Spanish and Turkish. Just because, you know, yeah, might as because. well. <laughs> so if anybody needed to feel like an underachiever this morning, um, there you go. But, you know, that's, that's that done. Um, so you, you speak all these languages. You're also learning Turkish. You're also yeah. learning Arabic well, and Spanish. Um, yeah, exactly. Where did this love of languages come from? You know, in Ukraine, we normally speak two languages. Those are native uh, languages we have, uh, which is Russian and Ukrainian. And then, obviously, you need English to get around in the world, to be an international person. And Mandarin was just a passion of mine. I I was so enthusiastic about learning Chinese, and I wanted to challenge myself. So I did. And then (laughs) I went to China and lived there for a few years. Uh, Turkish, um, I'm learning because my husband is Turkish and it will be great to communicate in his own language. As for Arabic, I live in UAE, so it will be a good bonus to understand the culture better. And Spanish, I just love it. I love the sound. I know that we need to move on um, soon to talking about the book and the author who's coming to the Literature Festival um, next February. But I'm I think everybody in there's so many different cultures and languages in Dubai. I I meet so many people who speak more than one language. I mean, you speak so many and it's clearly a passion. It's clearly a gift for you. Like, what are your tips for anybody who's Mm. like shaking your head? No, no, it's not a gift. Really, You just work really, really hard. It is about hard work because uh, whatever you talk about talent, any talent, it's about 10% of uh, talent itself, what you are gifted with, and then 90% of hard work. How long did it take you from starting to learn Mandarin? to get to the level where you like you read books in, in, in Mandarin? I would say about six years 
five academic years and then one year uh, living in China. Because uh, when I graduated from university, I had uh, not really good listening skill. And whatever you are in China, you grabbed it like in about three months if you have the basic uh, level of knowledge. So um, after five, six years, I was able to read the books and I, I was feeling quite comfortable. But you know, the language is uh, like a living being. There are many things uh, appearing in the language you have to keep up, like uh, internet slang. I'm uh, using WeChat, which is like WhatsApp, Instagram, and Facebook all in one app. And uh, when you're joining the groups, you can also catch up some new words. So the main difference between, say, reading something in Ukrainian or in English and then reading it in Mandarin, like what, what was the first thing that you found difficult about adjusting to reading a book in Mandarin? Uh, you know, the first time I listened someone speak in Mandarin, the Chinese people, I thought, oh, my God, it sounds like a roller coaster. I will never be able to manage to uh, learn the language. But when you start reading, you have this very interesting, uh, innocent excitement when you look at the character and you recognize it because you just learned it in the class. Uh, it really makes you fascinated about the language and it's constant decoding, like the the topic of our program yeah. today. So Decoding the Message is the title of the event that Maijia is appearing in next uh, February for the festival. Thursday the 6th of February at 7.30 is where you can go um, to hear from Maijia. He'll be speaking in Mandarin um, to the lovely Antonina, who's with us in the studio today with simultaneous English translation. Now, I felt really um I felt really bad when I read about Majia because he is possibly one of the most successful writers in China today like he's yes. kind of a big deal yeah. and I'd never heard of him until you know we invited him to the festival and I started doing my research um so can you give us a little bit of context um to Majia and why he's so popular um, I will comment a little bit why you didn't heard about him, and then I will move to your question. First of all, because uh, Chinese internet living by its own. I mm. even created a term in my book uh, uh, called Chinet, Chinese internet, mm. uh, because they have everything their own. That's why their authors, their apps, their um, life notions are very different from ours. We we have no idea about them, and they have no idea about us. Sort of like a bubble. You'd yeah, say, it yeah. is a bubble. There is a term China firewall. And uh, that's why information doesn't come in or, or doesn't go out. And as for uh, his life, I think uh, he decided to write this type of novels because uh, he had lots of pressure from uh, his uh, childhood. Um, some people want to be successful because they, uh, they had these difficult times in early years. Uh, this is the reason why he was going uh, forward and uh, trying to be successful. And second, he had so much material to uh, add into his book from real life, uh, taking into account his education. Um, so these uh, things um, are very much uh, private to many Chinese people. That's why he uh, got his audience and became successful. Um, I mean, you read about um, decoding, like you know the gist of the novel. Yeah. I've actually started reading it in English, and I've got some like very specific questions for Antonina in just a few minutes. Um, but did I mean did the topic of the novel strike you as as interesting? Is this the kind of thing that you've you've seen from that region before? No, it's not. I mean, I I haven't read many Chinese writer any at all actually, and I like uh, the genre of I guess you'd call it crime or spy or espionage or whatever. But what I think is really interesting about of what I've read about him is that I feel like the reason why he's becoming more popular overseas, and I think this movie's uh, this book is becoming turning into a movie, isn't it? A Decoded, TV series. A TV series. I think it's because um, within 
the genre of crime or espionage, which is very, very popular. I think because he's coming at it from a Chinese perspective, the um, the themes or the motifs or the narratives are a bit different to what we're used to. And now when we're, we're, we, are, we are consumed with so much uh, material out there and so many TV shows and books about the specific um, topic or the specific genre, it's kind of refreshing to get the Chinese take or the Chinese way of looking at crime or or, or spies, I correct? I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. So exotic. Um, so I've started to read this book in English and you, oh, is it? you've actually read it in the original Mandarin. So yeah. I'm looking forward to comparing notes. Um, so just to give our listeners a, a heads up, this book decoded, it's, a, it's basically it's a spy thriller, um, but it doesn't really seem that way when you start the book. Um, it's a story of a mathematical genius who's recruited as a code breaker by secret services and then he kind of begins to unravel with the code that he has to break. Now, I haven't finished it, so I I won't give you any spoilers whatsoever. But my takeaway is so far, Antonina. Okay. Um, I have a question. Is is Chinese fiction always like this in that you read maybe a paragraph and you've got the content for an entire novel just skimmed over? And then then, there, there seem to be 17 novels in this book. Well, uh, I think this is the perception of Westerner. Uh, sometimes what I hear uh, when anybody watch Asian movies, they say, why everything is so slow? Or while they're reading the books, uh, everything is so packed. Because Chinese character, uh, it's like origami of uh, notions. You unfold it, you decode it. So uh, whatever you read in English, it looks to be so, it seems to be so packed. Yeah, uh, but it doesn't uh, mean all the books are like this. For example, the Nobel Prize uh, winner, uh, Chinese uh, author Mo Yan, uh, his books are way out, way out too detailed. It's so long, and uh, we call in Russian. You have a lot of water inside. There is no much sense, and you have to get used to any author, every single author style because they are different. But it's not always the rule that it's so packed. So. Ah, this makes so much more sense to me now. So what I'm reading is kind of sentence after sentence in English. And it seems like, okay, this crazy thing happened, this crazy thing happened. And it seems like a list of this entire character's life is just packed into this one page. Is because the characters in Mandarin, like you said, it's an origami of notions. So in, in Mandarin, it doesn't feel like everything is happening one after the other. It's all happening at once? Uh, no, it depends. It depends on the novel and on the style of the author, but sometimes it is. I think this is more of his personal style than the language itself, Okay. because uh, he experienced so much in his life he wanted to put those stories and to make it very uh, attractive for the, river, uh, for the reader. That's so, why. You, so you wouldn't say that most Chinese novels um, have this, uh, what you're talking about, Annabelle, where a lot of things happen in a, in a packed Amount of no, pocket, not, necessarily. not necessarily. So this is uh, unique to... To my job. To my job, okay. Mm. okay. I love it. Honestly, it, it was brilliant. I would read in, in one paragraph, you're, introdu- you're introduced to this character, he's just been born, and then some awful stuff happens in his life, which I won't go into too much detail on air. And then, and then he stabbed to death, and this all happens. And I'm not giving any spoilers here. I mean, this happens <laughs> very early on. Um, but it all happens in less than a paragraph. And the entire book is like that. And I'm loving it. I'm like, uh, I, I miss this pacing. I'm going to miss it when I go back to other books. And I'm just going to be, where is, where's all the death? I'm noticing a lot of long sentences in, in the book as well. I was skimming through it. No, Not really. Well, it depends also. Mo Yan himself, he likes very long sentences. That's why um, sometimes he's even compared to Arhan Pamuk. Because oh, yeah. uh, Arhan Pamuk's books are very long for Turkish 
reader. Okay. Some people cannot tolerate that. Mm. So it, it really depends on the author's style. So when you read, Dec- I mean, is Decoded one of your favorite books? I mean, how does it compare to other books that, that you've read? Uh, I read In the Dark and Decoded, uh, but um, I haven't read The Message. I think I will like The Message more. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about The Message? Uh, I haven't read it yet, so I don't have uh, any information I, as a first reader. I have reader. some information. Okay. So th- I'm really excited to read this one. It's it's going to be translated, I think, next March. And we're hoping, um, I can't wait to read it. So I have to wait a little while. But basically, the message is about five code breakers locked in a secret room until a traitor is revealed. So it's like a really high intensity escape room yeah. <laughs> with much higher stakes. So not like an escape room at all, really. Um, but he'll be talking about that. And I think, do the, are the novels connected in any way? Do you know? Uh, yeah, they are connected. And I read the story behind the message, although I didn't read the book. Uh, it's actually based on the true story. Uh, somebody approached uh, by name, somebody uh, by name Pan, uh, Professor Pan, approached uh, Maija after um, book decoded. Mm. And he said that this is actually the real story. And he told him this story. And there are uh, there is this Professor Pan and uh, one of the characters inside the book message uh, who lives in Taiwan. And she's the real character. Uh, and he took his story, her story, and then the uh, third side, uh, third part of the book, it's uh, like he's, um, he sum up the two stories together. But what is fascinating, this is real life story. And then uh, it attracts you much more than something which is pure fiction. Yeah. Uh, honestly, since we announced or since we found out that Mai Zhao was coming to the festival, he's one of the authors I'm most excited to hear actually speak because not only are his books just fun reads because I'm really enjoying Decoded but you when you read through it because there is so much mathematics involved you just wonder how somebody actually managed to put this into the context of a narrative that would be interesting for people who know absolutely nothing about mathematics and you carry on reading it doesn't slow the story down at all did you find that? Um, there is also some story behind that because he personally, when he got to university first time, he got 100, uh, um, 100 for mathematics. So this is the top uh, you can get uh, uh, if you're passing some uh, subject. And then I think after writing first novels, he realized his lack of some uh, creative writing skills. So he got his second education in creative writing. So he combines mm. my, uh, two uh, parts of your brain, you know, the creative one and yeah. more logical. That's why he can put it all together so brilliantly. Um, fun fact as well. I didn't realize this when I started reading. But um, so... He won the prestigious Maudun Award, Maudun yeah. Award um, for inventing inventing a new type of chess while researching <laughs> mathematics for Decoded. Okay, that's really that. That must that's mean that his. I'm assuming based on that that his book must be very well paced and very um, you know well plotted. If someone invented a new style of, new style of chess, did you say? Yeah, new, a new type of chess. Okay, well then I feel like I can trust him. <laughs> all, all the, we're talking about all these overachievers on the studio today, know, but with right? all your languages, Antonina, and somebody inventing, this author inventing a new type of chess while also being great at mathematics and great at writing. It's just a little t- too much. Can I ask something? I mean, he sounds like yeah, a sure. brilliant writer and I think one of the issues that a lot of uh, people who sort of uh, read in English and they're introduced to a new writer from a different language, they kind of associate that writer with old Chinese writing, right? Mm-hmm. So... W- 
off air, we were talking about um, another Chinese author whose name I forgot. Sorry, who was Liu Cixin? Emir- yeah, he was at the Emirates Festival last year. So, mm-hmm. can you maybe mention maybe two more um, Chinese authors that you could recommend to people so that we just don't have this guy in, in our head? For example, Yan Yan. Many young people like him so much. Uh, he's uh, the rebellious uh, young man. He's riding a bike, uh, taking part in the competition. Uh, he has. Hugely successful blog on Weibo. Weibo, it's like uh, Twitter and Facebook together. What was his name again? Yan Yan. Yan Yan, okay. Um, uh, I personally like Liu Cixin, so uh, I think him. And um, there are even some uh, um, books I like from Mo Yan. Uh, for example, The Frog and others. But most Chinese people don't really like him. Mo Yan got Nobel Prize in Literature. Oh, wow. um, because his style uh, is not always understood by them. Okay. Any female writer, Chinese writers? Mm, I don't really like the female writers. Not always the Chinese ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Big thank you to Anthony for joining thank us you so much on the for show. Me. Uh, my Jia will be appearing at the Emirates Lit Fest next February. Remember EmiratesLitFest.com for more information and also to buy tickets. The book that we were talking about um, was decoded by my Jia. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com.